episode 186 of... Brutal Battle. Yep. Alright, we're back with another one. This is 186, which actually, if, if people are really paying attention, it's not actually the 186th episode. It's 186 of our normal numbered episodes. We've done, at this point, probably over 250 episodes with all our special stuff or around that. So... Well, it's been going on for, what, five years? Over five and a half years at this point. More than five and a half years. So we're going to creep up on six years and not too long, which is crazy. So first of all, we... We have a topic that could take a while. Um, like a, well, wait, a first we open time. a beer. Exactly. I was going to say, we, we have that topic, but first, we're going to open this beer. But first coffee. But first beer. Right. The reference there is Rebecca has a shirt that says, but first coffee. And I got socks that say that. Did you see that when you did the laundry? I did not see the socks. No, I didn't. Is this a whole thing? Oh. Uh, and maybe. Well, you saw all the new socks I bought. Yeah, well, I've never seen so many socks in all my life, honestly. <laughs> well, the one had little coffee cups, and I said, but first coffee. Okay. Okay, but now... It's but first coffee or but first coffee? You know what it's it clarifications. is. clarifications. Two T's or one T? It's one T. All right. <clears throat> so the, okay. beer, the beer we're going to have as our warm-up beer is one I've been excited to try, and it sounds awesome, <clears throat> but it's collaboration, and when you hear the two collaborators you're probably going to think of a topic having to do with both of these separate topics, but in the same vein. We're not going to address that on this episode, but in a future episode, we'll probably talk about it a little more in depth. So the breweries involved in this collaboration are The Brewery out of Placentia, California, and Funky Buddha, and I think they're out of Oakland Park, Florida, I want to say. Might be wrong. I know Florida, I think it's Oakland Park, but... You know, might be wrong. So Funky Buddha and the brewery, if people are thinking, why, yeah, why does that sound familiar? Both of them were purchased by other companies recently. Um, so I do want to talk about that in the future, but not on this episode. And that will kind of have more to do about, you know, they weren't pur- pur- purchased by a company that's immediately thought of with vitriol like AB InBev. They were purchased by other companies. and Both by the same? No, separate companies. So we want to kind of talk about, you know, how much more does this matter? Should it matter just in general and, you know, that kind of stuff. But not this episode, another one. But first, beer. But first, beer. Um, So what we're having is the collaboration between them called Guava Libre. And it is an imperial cream ale brewed with lactose, guava, and vanilla added. So the ABV on this is, I'm assuming it's not going to be that big. Where was it? Oh, yeah. 7.5. Yeah. Even though it's an Imperial Cream Ale, it's still 7.5. That's not anything crazy. So, uh, the whole idea behind this apparently has to do with uh, a concept from a Cuban pastry that has, like, guava and vanilla to it. Um, so, they wanted to kind of capture the essence and flavors of those of mm. those pastries in this beer. Which I think is always cool when you have, like, an actual frame of reference for what you're going for. So. Also, the other thing is, there aren't that many cream ales that are being done. So that, about this, excites me. And I don't think I've ever had an Imperial cream ale either, so. That'll be a first. Pours thick. Yeah, it actually does. It's, like, real, like, uh, pulpy. Yeah, it looks like there's a lot in suspension there. It's very... 
I mean, it almost looks like one of these kind of hazy IPAs yeah, that are all the rage right, right now. Um, nice, thick, bubbly, white, pillowy head. Yeah. 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 Looks looks interesting. Oh, I smell? Hmm. Yeah, smell. Uh, I definitely get, like, a crisp finish like you get with cream ales on the nose. I'm getting a l- I want to say vanilla. Yeah, I definitely get the vanilla, and it's coming well, there's off. There's vanilla in it. That's right. Yes, okay, there is. Yeah. It's coming off as very creamy. Yes. So, so I think really the lactose and the vanilla are it's, coming yeah, together to make it like a little milkshakey. Yes, maybe. yes, yes. I was like, it's a kind of special vanilla. Like I was gonna say, <laughs> the first thing I thought of, and I've told this to you before, but you never know what I'm talking about. Snapple used to have this like vanilla carbonated beverage, and I used to have it at my grandma's, and we would make ice cream floats with them. Mm. Sounds and good. It, it reminds me of that. Yeah, I don't, mm. I've never had that. I didn't know that, but I, as I continue to smell it, I start to get the guava. That starts to come through, but the first sniff is a lot of the lactose and the vanilla yeah. just being very powerful. So you two already took, I already took sip. the first sip. It's so creamy and vanilla-y. Blue. Yeah. A little fruity. I have to be honest, it's almost too sweet for me. There is a decent amount of sweetness on there, but I feel like it dies off at the yeah. end. And it's it's a little odd at the end. Like, you can get more of the cream ale coming through on the very end of it, but it's coming off a little bit like a combination of honey and corn. Okay. Kind of. I could definitely see the honey. So, for that reason, the aftertaste is a little odd to me. Especially when the flavors you're getting up front are just like, a re- actually a really good mix of the guava and the vanilla backed up with the lactose to make it nice and creamy. Yeah. Um, but. I mean, it's good. I really like it. I'm going to see how the sweetness. Yeah. It'll probably start to come down yeah. a bit as you keep sipping on it. Because as I've taken additional sips, the cream ale qualities start coming more into focus. And that sweetness is starting to go down a little bit. But, I don't, off the bat, this isn't as good as I wanted it to be, but it's still still good. I don't know, just with the description of what was in there, I just, I don't know, I expected it to be, I guess I can't really pinpoint it, but blow me away a lot more. I think one of the big things is that that aftertaste that's kind of getting me. Mm. That actually, okay, here's a good comparison. And I get this with some other beers, too. The aftertaste is actually coming off a little bit like the residual flavor in your mouth after you lick a stamp. Ew. Because it's kind of sweet, but it's kind of got like a corn quality to it. It's And honey, I don't know. It's weird. I don't get that flavor at all when I lick a stamp, but Look, now everyone that you said go... that, I'll never be able to drink this <laughs> beer. No, I mean, it's it's still a good beer. But everyone go lick a stamp right now for verification. See Hold what on. you think. How many stamps are out there that you can even lick? You mean maybe an envelope? Um, I don't remember last Stamps, time. envelopes, they they have like the same adhesive. But stamp isn't so, a very good reference anymore because... There aren't that many that are licking. Yeah. No, that's true. So I guess you're probably right. It's more envelope than anything. But anyway, um... So while we sip on this, which is good, let's talk about the topic for this one. So this is, a lot of times we get to topics after they're more 
in the in the media or beer media that is. So this is another one of those, but it's still relevant. All these topics are always still relevant. So the Brewers Association that represents craft brewers decided in order to differentiate between true craft, like independently owned craft, and the big boys like the high-end um, the high-end breweries that have been purchased by AB InBev, like Wicked Weed being the most recent ones, but also like Goose Island, Blue Point, you know, Elysian, all those, they came up with a label. And it's, let me, actually I'm going to look at it and like describe it. I would recommend everyone who hasn't seen it just bring it up and and take a look at it while I'm talking about this because I'll try to describe it, but I might not do the best. So it's basically like a a gray box that's drawn, like up upright rectangle, and up the left side it says Brewers Association, at the top it says certified, and then inside the box is the a graphic of a beer bottle that's upside down. And inside the gray grayed out beer bottle it says independent craft. But the word craft is by itself, like not broken up. But the word independent is broken up three times, so it says independent, and then it says craft. So the whole aim of this, like I said, was to differentiate. So they, they kind of put this together and said, hey, you know, we'd encourage all craft breweries, especially members of the Brewers Association, to use this label, adopt it. They don't have to, but they can choose to, and they're saying you should, in order to kind of band together and say, these are certified small-owned, independent craft breweries. This is not AB InBev stuff, you know, whatever. So there was a lot of hubbub when this was released online because people were just going crazy about how bad the design of this label is. And I do agree that the label's not the best, but at the same time, nobody was talking about the merits of the label itself. You know, not the design. Like, look past what the meaning of this is and the point of it, but nobody was talking about that, pretty much. And it was interesting, because then after that, I what I fully expected to happen after that was it, everything would just go silent about it. You know, some breweries would pick it up, some breweries wouldn't, and that would be the end of it. But AB InBev, specifically high-end breweries, put out a video as an answer to it. So you can search for that. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. And they had all these brewers, representatives from breweries that are now part of the high end, making comments about how ridiculous this label is because it's basically pushing craft beer in general apart when it should be unifying and it's ridiculous. So it's basically taking, taking pot shots at it. So my immediately feeling my immediate feeling on that was basically why are they calling attention to this? Like I felt like they legitimized the label kind of or the logo, whatever you want to call it, by answering to it. What I fully expected them to do was it's not like, say just anything. Ignore it. Yeah, and honestly, I kind of feel like if they would have ignored it, then it would have just kind of faded away. Uh but when you have then someone who it's kind of aimed at taking out or containing respond to it, then that makes people kind of get behind it more. Yeah. So at this point, just to give all the information, 
at this point, as of August 17th of 2017, 1,790 breweries have adopted this graphic, this little graphic logo, and they're going to use it. And that's about 44% of members of the Brewers Association because uh, their total number of breweries that are members are like 4,065, something like that. So they're not even quite at half, uh, but who knows, more might sign up. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm going to guess some people are probably just waiting to see how everything unfolds, not make a decision either way. Well, the other thing is it's it's another thing to add to their labels, yeah. so they would have to do work to put this on there. The good thing is it's not mandated. You know, like they can't mandate it, but they can make it available and they can highly recommend that it be used. But I don't know what your feelings were on it. Like, do you feel how I did that, like, the smartest move for AB InBev would have been to just ignore it? sure. Well, I mean, what did they say? Like, even bad publicity is still publicity. Right. It's a tongue twister. Um, I I think it's a good idea. I feel like, I'm sorry, real quick. I feel like argument, argument calls more people to the cause. Oh, absolutely. And if there was no argument over it, it just would have been like, well, because I feel like whenever there's a controversy, people are like, well, I need to pick a side. I need to pick a side. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing is, back to the label, you want something, like, kind of basic and recognizable. Yeah. Like, sim- simple. And I think they achieved that. Yeah. Uh, the only thing for me is that the way they broke up the word independent yes. was pretty horrible. <laughs> That's kind of weird. Like, it really was. Like... Honestly, it would have been better if what they did is just move the word certified, make it smaller, and take independent out of it and just have it say Brewers Association Certified Craft. And that's it. Because breaking up independent into three pieces, breaking up any words in a label like that just looks really bad. Yeah. I just, I would be interested to know how much they actually paid someone to do that because they should get their money back. Is that the part people were most upset about was the word independent? Um, people were just saying in general, this label looks terrible. Or logo. I mean, it does, but then no one was talking about what the purpose of it was. Which, you know, I understand it. It makes sense. Like, it's a good move on their part to use a a label like that. To to kind of, to be like a quick signal to buyers to say, oh, hey, this is independently owned. Good to know my money's not going to, you know, Belgium or whatever. It's going to the United States, somewhere within the U.S., well, so... especially, like, nowadays, it's so, hard, it's so hard to keep up with who is owned by who, and... Yeah. So I kind of feel like the people who... It's fine to point out that there's a problem with the design, but then also talk about it past that. The people who just talked about it from the design aspect, I feel like are your typical internet troll-type personalities. Yeah. It's just... Oh, here's something new. We want to shit on it because that makes us feel good. You know, that's not, that's not, it's not doing anything. You're just complaining to complain at that point, really. So, you know, just bring a little something extra to the, uh, to the talk and you should be good. But other than that, uh, I did want to throw one little extra thing out of there. I had watched the video that I was talking about from the high end about, you know, this is dumb, we need to unify his craft. And I watched it, it's kind of like shook my head, and I was just like, why did they respond? And this video is obviously dumb. But 
<laughs> it was something that came much later that I hadn't thought about until somebody posted something in like a beer group I'm in on Facebook. And they had pointed out that Walt Dickinson was on there from Wicked Weed, mm. one of the founders. And, um, well, I was going to say owners, so he doesn't own it anymore. That's A.B. and Beth. So he was on there talking about how, yeah, you know, craft beer needs as a whole needs to get together because they're losing market share to, you know, wine and spirits, which that could be a really legitimate, you know, that that's potentially a legitimate argument. So, but, he, he, so the, he's not saying craft beer. He's just saying, yeah, just beer. Well, they're, they still call themselves craft beer, though. That's the thing. So that's why there's now this push to differentiate between independent craft beer and craft beer, you know? Right. So it, it's, it's more of a legitimate argument that he was making if he's not the, well, a part of a company that buys a crap ton of of wine and spirit barrels to use for their beer. So, you know, you're and someone pointed out this to me and I was like, that's totally true. Like he's sitting there saying the enemy is spirits and wine. We need to unite against them. And there he is buying their barrels to use for his beer, giving money to who he's identifying as the enemy, therefore fighting against yourself in his argument. I mean, I I find this whole argument to be. Hold on, can you refill me? Yeah, you uh, you liking this? More Libra. Um, I find the whole argument. Oh, that's a big pour. Um, we got a whole seven fifty. Yeah, the, just just be like, it's like what's better, apples or oranges? It's like spirits, wine, beer. Like it depends what your mood is. It depends what you like. It depends, mm-hmm. like. No one's the enemy. It's just a different product. Yeah. Like, but, you know, that that's typically, because of what capitalism is, you're always going to have that kind of competition going on where someone is the enemy because market share is finite, and whatever market you're in, you want as much of that as possible. I mean, capitalism, by definition, is the end, endless accrual of wealth, and there's no... There's, there are pretty much no companies out there, I'm sure there are some, but there's barely any companies out there who will grow to a certain point and say, yeah, we don't want to make more money. We're fine making this amount of money. They, they want to keep you know, accruing more and more and more money, get larger and larger, and take more market from their competition. Because yeah. you have to, because market is, is finite, share of market is, so... You know, first, just saying. First world problems. Well, right, but I don't talk about that stuff pretty much anywhere other than this podcast. Yeah. And when people are talking to me about craft beer who are real nerdy about craft beer like we are. So nerdy. that this is the 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 um what do I want to say, the stage for, for that yeah. kind of talk. Oh yeah. In the real world, not like I mean to me, this isn't the real world in a sense because I'm talking about like your everyday life and it's your job and that kind of stuff. I don't talk about this then because, yeah, it truly is like, oh, it's first world problems, totally. But it bears talking about because it's something that's going on in the craft beer community. So, you know, hmm. overall, do you have any other thoughts? No. I, I have thoughts about this. Guava Libre is definitely becoming less sweet. Yeah, it definitely is. The sweetness is going down. 
Um, it's it's crisp. It, it's mm. nice and creamy. Yeah, I really like the mouthfeel. Yeah, the guavas, the the guava originally felt like it was almost a little too much, but mm. it's it's good. It's good where it is right now. Mm. Um, I forget what's the other one we have like this. Uh, Pink Snow is the other one. It was another collaboration between the brewery and Funky Buddha. So that one's interesting. That one's kind of similar. It's another Imperial Cream Ale, and I think it has a lot of the same stuff that this one does, but it also has, like, dragon fruit uh, and yeah. maybe one other thing. Something like that. I can't recall at the moment, but... Okay. So... Uh, if there's one thing I want people to take from the conversation today, it is feel free to bring up your complaints about certain things, but also throw in something at least a little bit constructive instead of just saying, this is dumb. (laughs) Just saying. All right. So are you ready for mystery beers? Mm -hmm. Once again, provided by Mike. Thank you very much, Mike. Done a good job. Let's see how these are. Um, we can just get it out of the way, the coloration. Yeah, they're... They're both very clear. Mm-hmm. Um, well, beer... B is more clear, though, I think. Correct. But A is still pretty yeah, clear. Yeah, clear. Uh, A is very yellow. A little tinge of orange to it, but very yellow. And B is very orange. Mm-hmm. Almost a little tinge of, like, a brownish or Red. reddish. Yep. Um, but, yeah, there's barely any head for them. Mm. Okay, I'm sniffing I'd A. I cleanse my palate. Don't want this guava libre interfering. Ooh. Definitely getting um, some citrus. Yeah. I get a grassiness. Kind of smells to me like a lighter style beer that has extra hopping to it. Like a yeah. dry hopped something. something. I'm trying. <laughs> not not like an IPA of any sort. No. Trying to figure out what that is. I mean, is. it could be a pale ale. Eh, maybe. Yeah, it just smells Try crisp. Maybe. It smells crisp and light. And with a nice, like, fl- uh, like I was saying, like, grassiness and you were saying, like, citrus. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's definitely like a dry hop something. It smells good. Yep. Try it. What is that? Ooh, this tastes like... That ABV tastes weird. I don't know if it's just because we're coming off the guava libre yeah, or know. what, but... It tastes astringent. Ooh, it's so astringent it feels like it's burning. So it doesn't smell like there's much of a of any ABV to it, but when I taste it, it tastes like it's high ABV. Mm-hmm. Really weird. I'm going to try and fight through that. See what I can get. There's a decent sweetness to it, a little bit of a syrupy note in there, like sweet, syrupy. Really bitter finish. I actually get a tad bit of peach. It's in the middle of the flavor, but there's, yeah, there's a lot of bitterness on the end. There's a lot of astringency up front. I get a hit of peach in the middle with sweetness, with like that kind of syrupy um, multi-note. Let me see if I get slight bubble gum in the middle as well with the peach. Um, 
Yeah, I think that's about all I don't all know. I, I am just having a really tough time fighting past that. That astringency is bad, though. Like, it's really, really rough. It makes the beer overall very rough. The bitterness isn't bothering me as much on the end, but that astringency up front you is tough. Um, mm, I don't know. No good. I, I don't know if this is one where you keep going and you'll just get used to it, but... I can't say it's a bad beer, but... It's probably not one I want more of. I can say it's a bad beer. That's fine. I feel like that astringency paired with the bitterness is really making it hard to get much much of any other flavor No, I'm saying, I can't get anything. It just tastes like... I mean, I was able to get stuff, but I was like really trying, it's like, and it's fleeting. Like medicinal. Mm-hmm. Definitely. The good flavors in it are fleeting. They're very, very quick. If you don't, it's like, was it Ferris Bueller's quote? If you don't stop for a minute and... Look around. Look around, or take a minute, it'll pass you by. No. Something like that. Gosh. All right. Hopefully B's better. It's good to be. Ooh. I get a lot of apple. Yeah. No, that's right. I feel like I get a slight, slight hint of like a cherry to go with the apple. Okay. you get that? It smells like fall. Like fall flavors. There's actually a very slight mm-hmm. caramel on the end, too. Yes, yeah, so you know, when I first stuck my nose in, that's what I was thinking. Like, butterscotch, caramel, like... But there's also a little citrus. Okay. It smells like like a fall beer. Yeah, like a, like, said, a, yeah. like maybe some sort of modified Meritzen style. Oktoberfest, as other people call it. I don't know. Ew. Well, it has a lot of the same flavors as the taste, but it's, like, real thin and watery. Yeah, like, very, very watery. Hmm. It's, uh, not a lot going on there. You get a decent amount of malt sweetness. I don't taste the caramel that I was looking no. for that I was getting on the I nose. I taste the apple notes, though. There's definitely that apple, um... There's a slight citrus to it. I can get that kind of small hint of cherry to it, but... Well, it's not... So watery. Yeah. It's better than A, though. Is it? Oh, come on. (laughs) Um, you know, as I keep sipping it, it's It's not... Better than A. Yeah, it's not offensive. I was gonna say, oh my gosh. If I you can, don't think this is better than A, this is great. I could probably drink that beer if there was, like, nothing else wherever I am and I wanted to have a beer. I mean, I, could I don't know if I would go that far. I don't know. I just went back to A and A's no. tasting a little bit better. No, no. Mm-hmm. No, definitely. It does taste better, yes. but it also could not have tasted worse before. I almost get a slight banana out of B when I go back to it. Just like a little like hint of banana at the end too. I don't know. I don't. I don't like either of them. Yeah, I'm not big on either of these. I forget. No halves. Nope. No halves. Okay. Well, Let's go ahead and rate these. A is a one. B is a two. I'm not messing around. No. I don't like either of these really. But Going back to the squab- libre. Thank God for you. Yeah. Thank you, the brewery and Funky Buddha. I'm going to give them both twos. I think they're... Okay. For for me, they're on the same... I don't like either of them all that much, but 
they both have faults and they both have very weak strengths. You know, like But you I think they're both the same. You think B- I can't give one more than the other, honestly. I really can't. They're both twos to me. Okay. I cannot do anything other than that for them. They both have grody aftertastes, too. They're both bad. I'm not drinking any more of these. Yeah, I don't like that. B actually has, like, a kind of, like, low low level of it, but, like, licked an ashtray kind of finish. Ugh. Like, ugh. Not like I've actually done that. It's just, you know. I'm thinking, what would that be like? So one is the obvious loser with an overall 1.5, and two is the winner with an overall 2. Loser. Both really losers on the show, though. Because <laughs> they weren't that good. So... Do we want to go with the one that's the the better or the worst first? Which stay true to what you do. Okay, that's fine. So we'll do the lower one. So A, the loser, overall one point five. About to get noisy here. That's my cat staring because she's like, "What is going on?" She hears crinkle. Oh, okay. This is okay. This is funny. Um, it's by Captain Lawrence Brewing Company. We've had some stuff oh, by them recently yeah. that we really liked. And it is their Golden Delicious. It's an ale aged in apple brandy barrels. Well, I see the ABV, 11%. Yeah, 11%. It's very high. So, here's the funny thing about this. In 2008, it won a bronze medal at the Great American Beer Festival for wood and barrel aged beer. And in 2012, it also won a bronze medal in the same category at the Great American Beer Festival. I don't... <laughs> Here's the thing. It's not the worst thing in the world, but in order to hold up to some sort of barrel aging, you need a beer with a lot more substance. It seems like the base of this beer was very light, and therefore it picked up a lot of the astringency from the spirit lot, barrel. yeah. Well, it's funny because the first time I, when I first took a sip, I was like, "There's spirit in this." Yeah, because of that astringent scene. Here's okay. something though: maybe with time, this mellows out and gets better. Because this was just bottled like two months ago. Well, it's possible. So it might get better. I mean, this this sucks because um, we had some Captain Lawrence stuff recently that was really good. What was the one we had there? Um, shit. Effortless Session IPA with grapefruit. It's like a grapefruit Session IPA. That was really nice. Well, just because a a brewery should not be measured just because because of one beer or two beers. You know what I mean? And just because we didn't like this doesn't mean clearly other people did if it won awards. Oh my god, after having those two mystery beers, this Guava Libre is like even better. Yeah. Like it is like liquid sex almost in comparison. sex. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, All right. Next. Let's see what the winner was, but not by a whole lot. <laughs> B, oh, overall two. Make more noise. Make more noise. Oh my gosh. Okay, it's an English pale ale by Rich and Distinct. It says Rich and Distinctive Fine Ale. Who actually made this? Because it's an imported. These are kind of hard to find sometimes. Brewed in England by Moreland Brewing. Out of Suffolk, England. Did we have this before? It's their Old Speckled Hen English Fine Ale, and it's 5% alcohol by volume. So, we 
had a Nitro version of this. Ah, in a can. Yes, on that episode that we did Nitro beers. Okay. Uh, yeah, so we had a Nitro version. And as I remember, we weren't huge on it then. So, huh. you know. Weird, weird beers. Yeah. Not that I, good. I, I'm, I'm just like, can't wrap my mind around these, because neither of them were... Well, I mean, it makes sense why I wasn't huge on the old speckled hen. I'm, I'm not big on English hopped right. ales typically, like like an English style pale ale or an English style IPA. I'm really not into it because they use more of like the noble hop varieties that are typically a lot more earthy, and I just don't really like that earthy quality with those beers. But you know, teach their own. I do know people who really love that stuff. So whatever. But this Guava Libre, killing it. Mm. Mm-hmm. All right, well, sorry. Um, at least the, the topic was engaging and fun, but... At least we have the Guava Libre. We have the Guava Libre. So, for the next episode, I think we're going to talk about something else that has to do with the Brewers Association, but kind of different about one of their members. This is another thing that was in, in beer news a little bit ago, but it's still relevant because it's an ongoing thing. But anyway, until next time, everyone, thank you so much. Uh, please, if you could just do us a quick favor, go to iTunes if you use iTunes and give us a rating and review because that really does help. Uh, also, the other really big thing you can do is just word of mouth. Spread things around. If you like the podcast, it helps for you to go out and just say, hey, there's this cool podcast that I listen to. Just give it a try. You know, so. Tell your friends. Word of mouth. It works. It totally does. But anyway, thank you everyone, and until next time, keep it brutal. This has been a Nerd Circle podcast production.